He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The Rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy, The media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar, and that's why there's a need for the rematch. On this episode, I sat down with former Utah Jazz player Elijah Millsap as he discussed his accusations against Utah Jazz VP Dennis Lindsay, who was a GM at the time of his alleged comments. Elijah discussed his reasons for coming forward, the NBA's investigation, and how he is working with the NBPA to put things in place so that the next time a player comes forward with allegations from an exit interview, he will have proof. This was a very open and honest interview as we created a safe space for Elijah Millsap. And that's exactly why I created the rematch in the first place. Hope you enjoy this discussion. Mr. Elijah Millsap, how are you doing, sir? Doing great, man. Never been better. Good, good, good. You know, um, thanks for coming on the show on the rematch, uh, basketballnews.com and uh, Fly TV. And I reached out to you because I wanted you, I've been following the story, and I saw that the NBA gave its foundings a few days ago. Um, and I read an article in the Salt Lake City, um, you know, Tribune uh, from yesterday. So I, I wanted, the, the point of this show, the point of what I do, is to give athletes the platform and the opportunity to tell their story and to tell, you know, their side. And, and a lot of times with the, with the media, you know, Malcolm X said that the, the media has the, you know, the, the, the ability to make the guilty look innocent and the innocent to look guilty. And that's exactly what the media does. So that's, that's why I even started this platform in the first place. And um, so I want you to take us, take, us, take us back. I want you to tell us, you know, walk us through everything that happened. And then we'll get into, you know, the NBA's reaction and the, you know, the article I read and everything like that. But just walk us through everything that happened. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I try to be brief. You know, I won't go into, you know, a lot of details, but, you know, I have a story as far as uh, what happened that day. Uh, obviously, it was the end of the, the season, you know. Uh, we had just, you know, uh, played the... Uh, Rockets, I believe, and uh, I was excited. You know, excited because you know, at my first my first year as a pro, you know, I felt like I did really well. 
our team was doing really well. We finished the year as one of the you know best best teams in the NBA. You know, after the All Star break, uh-huh. number one in defense, number one in efficiencies, and things like that. And so I was riding a high, you know, fan of you. And uh, you know, I was met with you know bad feedback, and it was unexpected. And so, um, obviously, what we do as humans, you know, when we're hit with, you know, unexpected, you know, feedback or anything, you know, it's either, you know, fight or fight. And so I put up my wall and, you know, I addressed the facts and the facts were, you know, I was one of the best defenders in the NBA at the time. Uh, we were the top defensive team uh-huh. in the NBA at the time. Uh, I think we even had the most wins after all-star break in the NBA at the time. And so me throwing those facts uh, within them giving me opportunity, it wasn't looked up as, as I guess, you know, me in my position. And so at the time, you know, I was uh, speaking with Quinn. Dennis irately, you know, said what he said, uh, and that was that, you know, uh, after that happened, you know, like three or four minutes later, I had to get on the podium and, you know, obviously, you know, be professional, you know, as we're so accustomed to doing, but, you know, we've done that a thousand times. So it was a different, uh, that one particularly hurt me a little bit more. And I had to kind of like go deep inside to kind of like, you know, say, uh, be politically correct, but. You know, I did it, and uh, that was that. What exactly did he say to you? Uh, he told me that if I said one more word, that he'll cut my black ass and send me back to Louisiana. That's what he said. Those were his exact words. Exactly. And and that was in response of him of you presenting the case of what how you played that season and how you you know were top defender and everything like that and what you contributed to the team correct absolutely yeah now one of the things so who else was in the room at that time uh it's quinn snyder you know i didn't um at the time when i came out i didn't know that justin zanuck was in the room uh that really didn't you know stick out to me uh-huh but um if they said he was in the room, I wasn't going to say that. I didn't remember he was in the room. You know, now, so. Right. Now, when when when, when Dennis um, said this to you, did he come, did he whisper it to you? Did he lean over close to you? Or did he say it, like, from across the room um, and type of shout it to you? Because that wasn't quite clear when I was reading about it. Yeah, I mean, he said it like an authoritator, you know, authoritative, you know, he irately, you know, said it. And, uh, my accent was, did he really just say that, you know? And uh, I was a little bit more, you know, excited, you know, right. a little bit more angry at the time. And I looked at Quinn, no reaction on his face. But, you know, I feel from that situation, so it's easier for me to talk about it now. And right. I understand that, you know, at the time that he was like, you know, he probably felt that I was coming out of my position as the player. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to actually put me back in my place, and so uh, what he said was was wrong. It was uh, racially insensitive. Uh, 
you know, after six years, you uh, fight with yourself on, you know, what type of person you are. And I've always been a person to, you know, step up, do what I need to do for, you know, my family, do what I need to do for. And if I can help in any way, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I did. And so, so there's no way that Quinn Snyder couldn't have heard this. Like he, it was, it was loud enough for him to hear. And there's, there's no, you know, there's no way that he couldn't have, could have missed it or anything like that. Absolutely no way. Wow. Wow. So from then, and, and, and tell me this, because I think a lot of the things and when, when you were, when you came out about this, <clears throat> I saw a lot of people immediately go to the defense of speaking to Dennis's character and saying that he's not racist and he he's done this in the past and he's done that in the past. But and I thought to myself, well, none of that means that he couldn't have said this. You know what I mean? It's not like you were saying that he was racist. You were just repeating the facts of what happened. Is, is that is that correct in my my um, assumption? Absolutely. And, you know, I said that in my initial interview. I'm not here to prove, you know, he's a, he's a racist. I'm not here to prove he's a, he's all of those things, you know, that's between him, his Lord and his Savior, and you know, who he worships. Uh, he personally said to me at that particular time, mm-hmm. and I know the position that uh, humanity is in right now, you know, and so I would feel like a coward if I actually and this is just me personally you know right everybody's entitled to you know step up and do what they feel like they need to do when it comes to you know racial injustice and speaking out me personally having two younger boys and Mm. one day being able to you know have to particularly deal with their issues i want to be a liar and say you know i i would have handled it this way Mm. Uh, speak up because i did and, you know, that's what I did. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. So I don't take none of this stuff, the comments, the, you know, I don't take none of that personally, you know, because uh, obviously when you you do something like this, you hopefully you expect it, you know. Uh, it's not something that I didn't expect, you know, being the, the person, being where I am and being where he is. And obviously where the team, particular you know moment people are going to be upset and rightfully they are they're supposed to be right are they upset at the wrong thing right right and that's what i that that was my question um you know who exactly are they upset at and it it, talk to me about the the investigation i I thought that was a little bit interesting reading about the the jazz investigation and then the I guess the NBA, they pushed it to the NBA to have their own investigation. Explain to me what happened with that. Oh, uh, yeah, man. They, NBA, the NBPA, and the Utah Jazz, they brought in private counsel. And, you know, they did what they're supposed to do, you know, when something like this happens. And you know, I'm grateful for them uh, for what they actually, you know, did because it's, it's one of those things that you just, you just never know how it's going to go. You know, they did their best. And obviously at the beginning, you know, I was skeptical and, you know, I had to realize that, you know, uh, this is a business. They're going to, you know, investigate their employees and try uh-huh. to get to the bottom of it. Uh-huh. And, you know, I can't be patient 
of what should happen or what shouldn't happen. You know, I don't have evidence. You know, the people who I uh, asked, you know, the people that I actually told, you know, I told them, you know, if you don't feel comfortable speaking up for a situation like this, you know, because it's sensitive, you know, people, they worry about their families. They worry about how they're going to be looked at past. So mm. I told every single one of them, you know, that's up to you. Right. I've been in these type of wars, you know, I've been in wars all my life. I'm not afraid to stand up on my own, but mm. in the same sense, you know, that's, that's up to them. And, you know, they decide what they choose to do. So, so after, so I'm fine with that as well. Right. So after it happened, there were people that you told, um, teammates and things of that nature that it happened. And I'm not asking you to name any names or anything like that, but there were people that you, but you were people that you told. Not teammates, you know, what can a teammate do for me? And I I may have told, you know, a teammate, I don't know. You know, I mean, I know I wouldn't tell them the details of what happened. I may say, yo, I'm crazy. Some crazy right. happened to me, right? But I would right. never tell them the details because what, what are they going to do for me? You know, and I right. never want to put them in that position, right? But yeah, man, I had I had so many friends on that team, uh, Rudy, you know, Trevor Booker, Alec Burks, Rodney Hood. Uh, who else? I had some good friends on that team, so right. Just between one of those, but I didn't call up all those guys, you know, because at the end of the day, they're in a position in their life right now, and I wouldn't want to bring up on them. Right, right. So, so when the when the NBA did their investigation, they asked they asked. I guess the the was it three people in the room. There were there were you, you know, Quinn, um, Dennis, and one more person that was in the room. So they, so they just asked you all, and they all said that they didn't hear it. Dennis said he didn't say it, and then you said that you you did hear, and then that was the end of the investigation. I mean, what else could they possibly do with the investigation? They just asked everybody the questions, right? Exactly. You know, it's not too much you can actually you do outside of, you know, check and check their, you know, check their protocols and procedures. My end is just, you know, my word against theirs. And, right. Um, they obviously asked me if I had any notes, anything that I wanted to submit, or if I had any other people, you know, and um, I've already came up with the conclusion that, you know, uh, Nothing serious would probably happen to these guys if mm. have something serious, you know, something tangible to show them or a recording, you know, or something like that. I can right. show them my, my notes, but at the end of the day, what is that going to do? You know? Right. Right. Uh, it's just. Right, right, right. And, and so what would you have liked to happen from this once you did come forward with what happened? What was, you know, what were you hoping would happen? Um, had no expectations uh, at first when it came to that. This was all, you know, honestly, to, you know, conquering my demons, you know, and the things that uh, were in and me actually fighting for my inner child and you know, my little child, basically my inner child or whatever it may be. Um, and I did that, you know, uh, in those situations in the moment, it's tough to kind of like defend yourself because you already know what you're going to, I guess, uh, how, how it play out, like situations like Kaepernick, situations like 
you know what can happen. And so mm-hmm. at the moment in time, I wasn't strong enough to defend myself, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So I've always told myself that I will go back and defend myself at some point when I became stronger. And uh, obviously with the sensitivity of is right now, and uh, obviously it's just, I just felt like the time was right. And um, I wanted to get that that weight off my chest and, and I did that. And so when I came out, the moment I said what I said, I was, I was relieved, you know, mm. uh, everything that happens for us after that is it's up to the NBA, the NBA, like it's up to society, how they feel about it. You know, accepting of somebody calling that, uh, saying that to, you know, that could be your son, that could be your, your daughter. And obviously, you know, I wanted to push the needle forward, knowing that, you know, uh, other businesses that this probably has happened to other people before. Right. <clears throat> and hopefully, you know, some change come from it. Were you expecting or hoping for Dennis Lindsay to at least acknowledge it and apologize? I mean, you know, it, it's it's not like you were calling for his job. It's not like you thought that they were going to fire him over it. And even if he did say, yes, I did say it, and I apologize, he probably still wouldn't have been fired from it. But were you at least hoping that he would at least acknowledge it and say, yes, I was wrong, and I apologize to you in front of the world? I was. And, um, you know, I probably could have done a better job in you know, reaching out to him and tell him how I was actually you know, thinking his position or his plight should have been. Not saying he would listen to me. We need more, you know, white people in positions of leadership stepping up and admitting the wrongs, right? Right. Like if uh, I feel like other white people, you know, saw that from a, a leadership position and they take that stance, people that fall under will probably say, you know what, maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Mm-hmm. And if he can actually, you know, make the change and, you know, accept the fact that he was wrong and what he said, then, you know, maybe we can actually see this thing. start looking at this, uh, not be afraid to kind of like, you know, put it out there that we've made mistakes in the past. And right. that's all it was. It was a mistake. But, you know, it's even a greater mistake to lie about it after the fact. You know? I agree. I agree. Um, so yesterday, um, Gordon Munson, um, who has been a columnist at the Salt Lake uh, Tribune since 1993, he wrote an article for the Tribune. Um, and the, the byline was, you know, only those in the room know what was said six years ago. But I do know that Utah Jazz VP is not a racist, um, nor is he racially insensitive. And he went on to pretty much defend um, him and tell about his personal experiences with him and personal conversations that he had with him and how he is dedicated to social justice and, you know, ending racism. And, you know, he just basically made the case to say that he would never say anything like this. And I'm reading the article and I'm like, wow, that's, um, that's pretty one-sided. I mean, he could have reached out to you and got a few comments from you and gotten your perspective or said some things about you. But basically all he said was, you know, I don't know if Elijah Millsap is lying or not. And then he went on to, to, to Dennis. And 
I had an issue with that. I got to be honest with you. Re- reading that, and I read it, and then, okay, I said, all right, let me go back and read it again, because maybe there's something I missed. And I read it again, and I was like, nope, no quotes from Elijah, no saying anything about Elijah, nothing. He just presented the case as if there's no way that this person that he vouches for would ever say anything like that. And I just want to ask you, did you read the article, and did you have the same reaction that that I had when I read it? Um. Not really. You know, I didn't have because like I, like I told you, I expect stuff like that when it comes to, um, you know, these journalists, you know, and um, their relationship. He may know Dennis a different way than, you know, how my experience. So, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. Um, I haven't been taking too many people's calls lately anyways. So he probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten in contact with me to get a quote. Okay. Statement. But he his own opinion um like i said man um my character is going to be in question Mm -hmm. and obviously in these type of situations the first thing they want to do is as much damage they possibly can which is which is sad for the quote-unquote victim which i don't see myself as you know because i'm actually on the hunt right now and Mm so they're supposed to do the and that's what they're doing. Um, you know, I don't expect anything different, you know? Right. And, and your, your, that incident with him, that was, that wasn't necessarily, or I'll ask you, was that an indictment on the entire Utah jazz organization or this, the entire city, uh, you know, of, of Utah, because that's what he went into detail defending as if that was something that you, were you know trying to discredit or attack or anything like that and in the in the statements that i've read from you you didn't really say anything about utah jazz fans you didn't say anything about the whole organization unless there was something i missed so were you just talking about one incident in particular or were you talking about an entire culture uh, of the utah jazz man i was only speaking about my incident uh when i was in utah experience when i was in utah with with the fans but in the same sense, you don't really see people's true colors until, you know, something like this happens. Uh-huh. Although you don't want to, you know, categorize the whole Utah culture with this, you know, they got to step up and hold themselves accountable and start weeding out these, these people who are actually attacked and are, are, are saying the things that they're saying to people. You know, I take glances at my social media you do have a lot of people who are explaining exactly what people are talking about coming from Utah. And so, um, like I said, my personal experience living there was amazing. I've had, I have great relationships there. Uh, it's not indicative of the whole, you know, culture, but they definitely Got you. Got you. So moving forward from now, because now it seems where the, the NBA kind of put the situation to bed. Um, they they basically said um, their statement was the investigation was unable to establish that the alleged statement was made. And that was it. Like, I, you know, I don't I don't know what else is going to happen, but it seemed like that was all from the from the entire investigation. Um, and I saw the jazz made a statement. And I I can read it. They said, as an organization, we take all matters of this nature seriously. 
and have zero tolerance for discriminatory behavior of any kind. We appreciate the thorough process of the NBA's investigation and thank all parties involved for their full cooperation. The league's investigation was done in coordination with independent outside counsel. Uh, We respect the league's process and results announced. For more than 25 years, uh, Dennis Lindsay has been a respected basketball executive uh, around the NBA and a leading voice on social justice within our organization and community. So that's just where the Jazz left it. That's where the NBA left it. And I guess that's that's it. That's it for them. You know, um, me personally, uh, I spoke with the NBPA. And, you know, obviously, and this is something that, you know, they need to make either different procedures when it comes to exit interviews. Uh, so that no other person will have to ever be worried about that happening to them, you know, and um, whether that's a whole recording or however that, you know, plays out, it needs to be something that happens with this, you know. Um, I guess with the Dennis Lindsay, Quinn Snyder situation, you know, who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens in the, the near future, but, you know, uh, I guess that's the end of their investigation, but you know it wasn't enough for me. And 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 so you're you're now working with the MVPA moving forward to try to come up with something. I just want to recap that because that part I didn't know, and that that sounds like a great idea to to come up with a, a system where you know the next person that is in your situation would have their their exit interview may be recorded or have their interview, you know, have another witness or somebody from a, um, you know, from the players association side that can sit on the interview with you or something like that in order to be able to have some concrete evidence. If, if something does happen, that's, um, that's, uh, that shouldn't happen. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. You know, and that's, uh, one of the reasons why I came out as well, you know, in the sense of, you know, this is not, you know, funny games to me. You know, this was a serious uh, issue, you know, that I had to, you know, stand up to. And being able to stand up to it, now it's time to, you know, make sure that it doesn't happen uh, for future, you know, generations as well as, and, you know, well, you know, like I said, I'm sure other people have been through similar, you know, and maybe worse instances. Uh But, you know, I feel like, yeah, we can actually step in front of it right now and say, you know what, make this change so that you're not left, you know, hanging alone or you got to depend on, you know, somebody speaking on your behalf, you know, uh, for everybody to think that what you're saying is not a lie. In this place. I think that's, I think so that's that doesn't even happen, you know? Right, right. I think that's really admirable. I just want to tell you for me personally, you know, much respect to you for having the courage, first of all, to come out with this, and then for you to be able to look towards the future to see how this situation cannot happen. And you don't, it's not like you sound bitter. I know sometimes the media tries to, you know, portray 
um, players or portray you in particular as being bitter. I think even in this article, they said, well, what does he have to gain from it? And then he listed all of these different things that said that, you know, it, uh, did you see that part in the article? He lists all these. I was like, wait a minute. Why Why are you even putting that even out there? That, you know, is it sour grapes because he's not on the team anymore? Is he bitter? Like, they just throw that stuff out there. And you're not bitter. It's just the principle of what happened. And you wanted to, you know, call it out and then make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. And I have a lot of respect for you for doing that. So, th- uh, again, you know, thank you for taking the time to come on the rematch on basketballnews.com. They should have said how much, how much, how much you have to lose, you know. Definitely. <laughs> right. How much right. you have to lose. Yes. When you look at the games, there's not too much games that you. Yes. Yeah. Goliath. <laughs> so talk about that a little bit about since he didn't put it in the article before before I let you go talk about that of what you do have to lose by saying this. I mean they could do it themselves you know if they wrote a, a have a and this is what I did you know uh, before on one side you have your cons and you have your pros the cons are gonna outweigh the the pros by you know probably two or three times and mm-hmm. so when you put in that perspective it's a little bit more you know courage and a little bit more because even with you know people not having your back you know that's on the cons you know right <laughs> right on there right and so you look at that and you say you know what what matters the most everything on the con side is is outside everything on the in, on the pro side is eternal it matters right know, the most and that's moving the needle forward you know our children and you know being honest and true to yourself that's the only thing that matters to me. That's great. That's admirable of you. So, like I said, much respect to you. And uh, thanks for coming on the rematch on basketballnews.com. And you have your support. Anytime you want to come back on here and explain anything else, um, you definitely have a, a safe space here. So thank, thank, thank you. you for what you're doing. All right. Thank you. All right. Bless. Thank you for listening to the rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Thomas 36 Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.